This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online, and we had kind of a big week this week, an important milestone in, in the uh, life of our son. He, he uh, uh, graduated, I suppose that's the word, for uh, middle school. Uh, he spent eight years trying to get out of the eighth grade. No, no. Uh, eight years... Well, I guess technically trying to get out of the eighth grade because you got to go through first grade, second, you know, eight years doing that. Uh, but at this one particular school in St. Paul, it's a gifted and talented school because our son is a genius. And, well, he's pretty smart. And uh, he did pretty well. I uh, would wish that he didn't miss as many days from being sick, but, well, what are you going to do? Uh, he went to a different school for preschool and kindergarten, but this one, eight years there. And... This was uh, Thursday night, Amy and I, and I went down to, you know, brought him, of course, and uh, went in to watch the, uh, the uh, proceedings. They had a little ceremony set up. Uh, everybody got their certificate that they made it through the school, and, and uh, there was uh, one special gift for these kids that uh, uh, there's a local college, Concordia College, it's in St. Paul that um, they gave them a certificate saying that you know they have to maintain a 3.0 grad po- uh, grade point average or higher through high school graduate with that uh, and they can you know they've got automatic entry into Concordia College should the kids decide that they want to go to that college and I guess it's a pretty good school as far as I've heard all right so <clears throat> a couple of observations on the on that night one is, it is, it is amazing the, the range of physical maturity of these kids. Uh, they're, they, you know, they're all 13 and 14, and just, just looking at from my son, who's, you know, he, he doesn't look like a preteen, but he's, on the smaller end, he's you know he's just not quite really started to go yet. It's going to happen, and I keep telling him. He says, you know, it's you know I'll bet you this summer or it's going to happen. It's just all of a sudden you're going to be, you know, growing mustache and needing to shave and you know all the stuff the secondary sexual uh, <clears throat> uh, traits will begin to come in. Hormones, all that. He's already got. Kind of, I don't want to embarrass him. But you know, he's he's growing, and but it's surprising though 
when you see some of his fellow classmates. And I swear to you, some of them look like they're graduating high school. It's like, that they're, that's 13 or 14? you got to be kidding me. And there was one student in particular who, it, she, uh, she's quite tall. She's, uh, you know, she, and, and, and like, she, well, not only did she look like she was graduating high school, she looked like, if, if, I, if, if, if I was at the school and saw her walking down the hall and Hayden said, yeah, she's one of the teachers, I would have believed him. A young one of the teachers, but I'm telling you, it's 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 fascinating just to see the way you know everybody goes at a different pace in their in their growth. Uh, by the time they all graduate high school, that pretty much everybody's going to be you know right there. You know, pretty much. Um, so that was one thing, and then I, I I joked with Amy about this. I said, could, you know, because you know at that age, 13, 14, there's some of them that are paired up, boyfriend, girlfriend kind of thing, probably, maybe, happening, maybe, with some, especially the ones that look like they're in high school. Uh, I said, could you imagine Hayden and that one gal that looks like she's a teacher? <laughs> yeah, not to make fun of him, he's he's a fine young fellow, he's a, and he's done pretty well. Uh, look forward to seeing his report card. He said he made the A honor roll which is good, uh, with a 3.78 grade point average, which I believe is an A. So it makes sense if you made the I at the A honor roll. But, uh, yeah, that was one thing. The other thing, and I won't dwell on it, I promise. I promise. It's broken record time. You know, it's an event. It's a bunch of people there. They're documenting the event so you know where I'm headed. They've got their smart devices, their phones, whatever, with the cameras and the video aspect of the camera. You know where I'm going. And the eighth grade band is playing, you know, a little entertainment before the, the ceremonies begin. And they were quite good, really. I mean, they were not bad. Not, not bad. I mean, you know, they're not, you know, tonight show quality, but they're not bad. Well... <clears throat> In the row in front of us, there were th three or four, four people taking video of the band. And they're all holding their cameras <sighs> incorrectly. <laughs> and I, I was really, really suppressing the urge to just reach up, to just, just lean over the top of each one of them and turn it. Here, hold it like this. Hold it like this. Hold it like this. Hold it like this. You'll thank me later. Ah, yeah, you get more of the picture in there. You don't have to be scanning back and forth. You can just hold it that way. But I didn't because it's not about me. It's my son's night, and that would just be you know rude to do something like that. Fine, you're never going to see their videos. Well, sure, they'll show up on the Facebook. and I try to see and look at that. But speaking of this, uh, a friend of the show, Craig, uh, linked a, I think it was him, yeah, linked a video of a tornado, a shot caught of a tornado, I think in North Dakota. I'm not sure, but I think that's where it was. And it's just fairly recently. And it was done in the portrait format. And it actually worked. You know, whoever was doing it did a good job of keeping, you know, so you could see the, you know, the finger of the, 
of the tornado coming down from the cloud and touching the ground and throwing up all that debris and you could see it you know you could see that and a little bit of the ground and they framed it really well and they held it and so it, in that instance that's I said yeah yeah that 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 works okay that works because I'm not losing anything with it there was another video of another tornado now that one might have been in North Dakota I don't know but somewhere another tornado that took place recently and again it's in the portrait format this one didn't work quite as well because there was a little too much of the foreground too much of the grass before them you we don't need to see all that you need to hold the camera up a little bit if you're going to do it portrait you gotta you gotta justify it by showing where the the funnel is heading you know unless so you know if you're going to do that but otherwise just turn it to landscape so you can see where it is on the horizon and i really don't need to see the side mirror of your car uh, so that that information is not necessary for me to see that so it didn't work quite as well so there are i can admit it there are instances where it kind of works all right yeah, congratulations to hayden he made it through and now high school you know next fall high school and before you know it he'll be out of that um Last week I mentioned this and I decided I needed to watch more of the video so that I could uh, talk about it a little bit. Uh, Charles Barkley is a, uh, and uh, has produced, you know, with a production team and writers and all that, a documentary series that I think is on TNT or TBS or something like that called uh, American Race and something about difficult conversation, something like that. Uh, look, I'm not going to get that deep into it. I don't have cable, so I'm not going to be able to watch it as it is, unless it shows up on Netflix, and then I might. And <clears throat> it's, I think it's a four-part series. They play two parts each night, or you know, it's however they're airing it. And there's a segment in there, and I'll link to this in the show notes so you can take a look at it for yourself. There's a segment in there where they, t they uh, Charles Barkley and another fellow who was an attorney, I think he's a civil rights attorney, uh, named uh, Gerald Griggs. That's his name, Gerald Griggs. The two of them are African-American men. You know, Charles Barkley, you know who he is, a professional basketball player who's not, uh, who, who is known to be fairly outspoken about his views. And I think he, he falls on the more conservative end of the political spectrum. And you know, so he's you know he's 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 made controversial statements here and there. He's got he's you know, he's an interesting fellow. And uh, um, they sit down with this Richard Spencer. Now Richard Spencer is the punched Nazi guy. And I will reiterate that the official position of Dimland Radio and of myself is you don't punch Nazis. Uh, you don't punch Nazis just because they have bad ideas. Now, my wife has argued with me about this. No, you do. You know what they want to do. I don't, you know, I, I, I know. What they want to do is disgusting and terrible and awful, but they're not doing it. And it's just, it's right, at this, it's a bad idea. So you ridicule the idea. You, you explain why it's a bad idea. But if I'm not the one who said it, and I'm not even sure I'm going to get the phrase quite right, but sunlight is an excellent disinfectant something like that meaning in this context meaning that when you bring out their their speech their positions when you let them talk and you listen to them 
reasonable people, I think, will say, these guys are, are off the rails. What are you, what, how could anybody possibly think these guys have a valid point about anything? They're off the rails. So they sit down and they talk to this Richard Spencer. He's the alt. He came up with the term alt right, which, you know, if, depending on who you're talking to, alt right means that uh, that they're the uh, the Nazi party of, of the United States. Well, they're they're not your grandfather's Nazis, for one thing, uh, but they are pretty darn close. I'm not excusing them. They're pretty out there. I mean, if this guy, listening to him, is any measure of it, yeah. They're, I mean, he's talking about America should be white only, you know, the, the white supremacy, the European the continent. You know, the blacks can have Africa. Yeah, that kind of thing. And you just looking and the looks on Barclays and Griggs' faces are just they're they're stunned this guy's saying it and the way spencer talks is well there's a couple things here while i was watching him i kept finding myself probably just in a in a bout of wishful thinking says this guy has got to be a poe this guy is some performance artist who's playing this character he's playing this out he's he's parroting the the people that are at that that far right racist you know nonsense and he's he's playing him he's got him and at some point he's going to reveal that he's you know full of shit at some point he's going to do that i, I keep hoping that that's what it's because when you look at there's there's a certain you watch the video, let me know what you think. But there's a certain body language, the way he talks, facial expressions. It almost seems like, like, he's, like he's almost winking. But then, nah, I have to figure, <laughs> I guess Occam's Razor, if you have two choices, he's a, he's a performance artist who is trolling the, these nasty people. And they're the Nazis. He's trolling them, or he's actually one of them, and he's just uh, well, he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer. And I and I know I mean it's kind of a dipshit. And I know that's ad hominem. Uh, it's just he just does not come across as being very, um, very much of a deep thinking intellectual type. Last week I talked about Dennis Prager. That was last week, wasn't it? And I talked about uh, how he was... Um, uh, he did this video where he was comparing the Judeo-Christian values uh, to the uh, secular humanist values and that Judeo-Christian values actually find more worth in a human life than secular humanists do. And he gave a couple examples. I used the easiest ones to take down, easiest for me, which were the Nazis and the abolitionists. And, you know, the Nazis, because, you know, because they were Nazis, and, and, you know, the easy way to take that down is because, well, they, they, they were <laughs> espousing Christian, Judeo-Christian values. Uh, like I said last week, maybe not the Judeo so much, 
but certainly the Christian values. And in Mein Kampf, Hitler says it's a Christian movement uh, on their uniforms. Gott mit uns, God with us. Okay, I'm kind of covering everything again. And then, but so I'm taking them at their word that they were a Christian uh, organization and that the people involved in it were Christians. So they had those values and yet they could devalue the lives of millions of people and, and, and kill them. Systematically kill them. And then the abolitionists, yeah, sure, they were Judeo-Christian values in the abolitionist movement, but so did the slaveholders. They had Judeo-Christian values too, and they could actually point to points in the Bible and say, here you go. But, you see, Dennis Prager, however, does not come across as a bonehead. His arguments might be boneheaded, but he does, he's, he's not. He's, he's, he's an intelligent man. He's a thoughtful man. It's just that he holds on to this stuff. I mean, Christopher Hitchens should have disabused him of these notions when they debated. Look, <laughs> you know, because he used some of the points I used came right from him. Well, this Richard Spencer guy, he's not even close to the intellectual level of Dennis Prager. Not even close. It's just, you know, he, he dresses nice, he's well-groomed, <laughs> but he just, it, it, man, the way he would just throw his ideas out, there's two African-American people sit, sitting there with him, and he would just throw his ideas out there, like, yeah, mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm, you know, yep, which was, the, 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 it's priceless, the looks on the faces of, of, uh, of Charles Barkley and Gerard Griggs, they're just looking at them like they can't believe that they're hearing this. And they do challenge the guy. They say, your way of looking is it's like you want to put, you, you want to step on our throats. You want to keep us down. You don't want, you know, us being African Americans, but other minorities as well. You don't want us, he, he, he you know, Spencer wants the white privilege. He, he celebrates it. He says, yes, it's, you know, he's essentially saying, we're superior, so we should have it. <laughs> And he says other ridiculous things, which I'll get to when I come back from this break. Uh, you are listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I shall return after this break. I promise I shall return. Other guys. The finger. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. I'm a paramedic, and it may sound silly, but a lot of people are afraid to call 911 when they're experiencing uncomfortable pressure, fullness, squeezing, or pain in the center of the chest. Instead, people risk permanent damage or death because they're afraid they might get a lecture. To learn more about heart attack warning signs, call the American Heart Association at 1 800 AHA USA 1. Or visit us on the web at AmericanHeart.org. Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimland Radio on ZTalk Radio Network. Did you see that UFO sighting that made the news? What did that latest study about alternative treatments really say? Is this photo making the rounds real or a hoax? Delphal News is a unique website featuring news about pseudoscience, the paranormal, anomalies, and questionable claims framed with a skeptical view. 
Come visit doubtfulnews.com every day for news about cryptozoology, conspiracies, shams, scams, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Doubtful News. Critical thinking is essential in assessing today's news. Doubtful News helps you decide, can you really believe this stuff? We're the station that beats all the competition, and we'll prove it as soon as we hear any competition. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ZTalkRadio.com. Oh, I lost my breath for a second there. I really didn't do anything. I just sat here, took a swig of beer. That's pretty much it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just way out of shape. <laughs> anyway, so I watched the video, and I, I there's something that again, this is this is my wishful thinking, hoping, hoping that that he's just pulling. A, 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 an elaborate hoax on the, the uh, on the uh, the white supremacists of this country and the world. This Richard Spencer guy, because well, he's he's sitting there and I think that that Barkley and and Griggs are trying to get him to just like here's our arguments and here's you know don't you see you know what's going on he says. Griggs was, you know, he's an attorney, so he knows how to argue. And he, he's saying, I guess, you know, you're feeling like you're marginalized. You feel like, because Spencer was saying, you know, hey, in my lifetime, it could be, it could happen where where I'm in the minority. So? <laughs> uh, I, it reminds me, because just recently, and I don't, I don't remember what the woman's name was, but uh, she was apparently, she was a, she was a, a professional women's tennis uh, athlete. She, uh, she was a, I guess, a champion or something in the past, and and she had recently come out saying uh, how, how uh, upset she is about the current state of women's professional tennis. I guess mainly because uh, it's mostly lesbians involved. <laughs> I, I and I I know I should read the articles. I told you, you know, I said I try to read the articles before I comment about them, and it's certainly before I share them. Uh, but I didn't. I didn't. This I just went by the headline thing. It's just looked at in the little subhead, read a little bit of that, and I just I I just I wrote in the comment before anything else. I just said, so what? So what? So there so there's a lot of lesbians in them. So what? Are they good tennis players? Well, let them go. <laughs> what's what's the big deal? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, Griggs made the point to the Spencer fellow. He says that uh, you know you're feeling marginalized. He says, "Well, welcome. You know, now you know what it feels like to be an African American." Yeah, and I may not always agree agree with every point these guys are making toward him about it. He's like, well, you know, about being brought here. You know, I don't know what's the percentage of the African American population of this country today that actually descend from slaves and you know, I yeah, I know. It doesn't matter. It's 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 perception. It's changing hearts and minds, and and trying to get people to move on. And what I thought was great, 
harking back to what I talked about right at the beginning of the show, looking over Hayden's class. There's like 200 kids or so. And it, it, it's just a, a sea of different kinds of you know, skin shades and, and religious uh, uh, looks. I mean, you could see that there were some Muslim students involved. And, and you know, it, it just it was... Just looked at that. I looked at you know, the class picture that I had from when I grew up, and this, live in the same neighborhood right now, and the neighborhood school here that I went to, which is just a couple few blocks away. I mean, it was pretty much all white kids. There was a one African. Uh, uh, there was one African American girl that went to the, to the school, and I'd forgotten about her until somebody had mentioned her name and, and saw in the picture, and I went, "Oh yeah, I remember her." And then, because you know, when I heard the name, it sparked the memory. And then there was a, a Native American kid. And his brother uh, went to the school. I think it's his, their younger sister went there too. And then there was uh, a, a, a kid that was Asian, but otherwise it was white kids. You look at the my sixth grade, my fifth grade class, and my sixth grade class. Just the just the one classroom, not the whole grade, but just the classroom. And it's I don't know twenty five kids, and twenty two of them, twenty three of them are just white kids. That's what it was. And now I, I look at just the, the diversity of backgrounds, ethnicities, you know, colors, creeds, whatever. This it's in his class. And then you see the kids you know, interacting with each other and they sit there, see, that's the future. And let's hope that works. Let's hope that when those kids get in the, into you know, the position of running things, stuff is you know, it's, it, it'll be even better then. Got a ways to go, but hopefully it'll be better then. So, so that was nice. It's nice to see that. And of course, none of this these arguments these guys are making with Spencer is, is getting through to him. He's you know he's he's holding on to his beliefs. Like, like, if he's not a performance artist, which I have to believe he's probably not, Occam's Razor would suggest that he's really what he says he is. There's a point in there. You know he's not a tea party guy. That you can tell for sure. Why do I say that? Because Griggs makes an argument to him. He says, you know, the ethnic minorities in this country, African Americans in particular, I guess mainly what they're talking about, but others, and I think pretty much everybody in the world want this, uh, uh, wants something akin to the, he said, the American values of Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I think everybody would like that. I, I, you know, maybe there's a few people, you know, like the commies. <laughs> those commies. <laughs> I hate those commies. I hate. Oh, sorry. I, sorry. <laughs> I was going into a Monty Python sketch just then. He's so so. Griggs tries to use this argument. They just want the same things: that life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. The cornerstone of uh, of the philosophy of the uh, uh, American form of government. It's it's laid down in in in, in seventeen something or other seventeen seventy something or other seventy six, and, and but you know by Thomas Jefferson. This, you know these these endowed by a creator. I don't know who the creator is, but anyway, the inalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that he put in the Declaration of Independence, and that's been the guiding philosophy. 
That's the basis right there. That's it. That's what the First Amendment, the the, the Bill of Rights, were reflecting you know, more specifically what was what was talked about in the general life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's, that's 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 what made that's what the founders put together for this country. And Spencer hears this, and he ridicules the idea of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. He's, he's kind of bouncing on the couch. You know, I hear that. And life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You know, he says, uh, let's see if I got it quoted here. Uh, quote, sounds very enlightenment. Uh, I'm, temp I, no, I'm still quoting him. I'm tempting to say faggy. I'm not sure exactly what he means by faggy, but I'm pretty certain it's not a positive thing. But he's, he's ridiculing the basis of the idea of the American government. He calls it, it sounds enlightenment. You know, it sounds like it's from the enlightenment. Well, guess what? <laughs> That's what these guys were. The, the founders were the, were the, were the product of the, of the enlightenment. The, that way of thinking of you know, self-government comes from the Enlightenment. And so this guy, it's like, he's certainly not a Tea Party guy because he's ridiculing Thomas Jefferson. So he's even farther right than the Tea Party. That's, this, that's, how, that's how crazy he is. I saw that. I just, I, that's, that's when I was really hoping, oh, this guy can't be serious. This guy's really putting one over on us, right? Please tell me that's what he's doing. <sighs> it's I you know uh, the series the documentary series has not gone uncriticized. I mean it's it's there's some been some negative criticism about it about uh, uh, maybe it's just maybe it's a little too timid uh, that Barclay's point of view might be a little I don't know a little too conservative I guess. Uh, so I'll I'll link to. There's a criticism of it. Uh, I'll link to that, and I'll add, uh, I'll link to the other video. There's uh, there's a longer video where they talk to the Spencer, and you get to hear him ridicule, <laughs> ridicule the brilliance of the of our founding fathers, of Thomas Jefferson and his idea of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Hey, boy, really? Hey, <laughs> oh man. Uh, what time is it? When's my next break? Okay. Um. Oh. 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 This is. This is going to be too much. Uh, but it's going to be good. Here we go. Yep, that's the familiar sounder of uh, the Dimland Radio Arg. I have talked about this in the past. Uh, let me talk to some of you out there who are cat owners. Um, are you a cat owner? Okay, and, and, and as a cat owner, are you the type of cat owner who lets your cat outside to just go wandering around to roam, to hunt, to do all those cat things? Yeah, well, don't. Years ago, year, I, I, I can remember hearing it on the radio. 
uh, Cat Fancy Magazine. I could hear it. It was a news report about it. Cat, Fa Cat Fancy Magazine had come out and officially stated that their position on allowing cats outside is no, you don't. Don't do it. I did see an article. I'll link to it in the show notes. But I saw an article where they said they have some animal experts that uh, disagree with that idea. Or they might be conflicted about doing it, but they still let their cats out. Uh, one guy said it's like owning a race car and just keeping it in the, in the garage. Uh, yeah, well, there are reasons why you don't let your cat outside. And uh, I'll give you just a couple here. A few, not a couple, a few. Let's see, this is, I think, from uh, Cat Fancy. Oh, it's something that I found online. I think it might be from Cat Fancy from April 1990, possibly. Uh, the reasons why not to let your cats go roaming around outside. There's disease. You know, rabies, heard of that? Yeah, that they could, that could happen. There are other diseases that they could get. Parasites, you know, ticks, fleas, uh, you know, other sorts of, you know, ear mites and other parasites can, uh, can get to them. Poisoning. They can be poisoned by uh, uh, chemicals that people put on their lawns in order to have a nice looking lawn. Uh, they could be poisoned by uh, 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 mice, rodent poisons that are put out to maybe kill, you know, neighborhood rats and mice and that. Uh, they because they could get into that. Uh, it's not so much a problem now, but uh, antifreeze. If somebody had poured antifreeze out of their, you know, just surreptitiously went out and poured some antifreeze somewhere because they didn't want to deal with it, or if they had a big leak in their car or something, and the antifreeze is sweet to the taste and not very good and can poison the, the, the poor little kitties that drink it. However, more recently, uh, I believe the antifreeze manufacturers have put in a, 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 a chemical that makes it bitter. So, you know, it's not, it's not as likely that a cat's going to drink antifreeze, but they could still get into something out there. Uh, there are other animals. Predators, you know, dogs, other cats. They can get into fights. They can get, you know, an owl can swoop down and take a cat, you know, especially if it's not a very big cat, but uh, maybe even if it is a big cat, they can go get it. I, uh, I think my friend Craig would back me up on that. He knows stuff about birds. Uh, it's, you know, that can happen. In fact, I'll tell you this little story. I've told it before on the show, but uh, probably before I went on to the iTunes, so you might not have heard it. Uh, one of the other Z Talk shows, it's called The Buzz. Uh, when On Saturday nights, when I show up a little bit early to get things started for the chat room, if you want to show up in the chat room at 11 p.m. Central, and uh, go to ztalkradio.com, go to listen and chat, and just, you know, just a little bit after 11 o'clock, my show will start. I'll be in the chat room. And you can chat with me as the show's going, as we listen to the show together, if you want to do that. You know, I mean, what else is there to do on a Saturday night? Come on. Uh, but before I get going, quite often there's well, there's always another show being played. Most of the time lately, it's it's either been one of my shows from you know not all that long ago being replayed during a. A, a non-scheduled hour, you know, where the automatic DJ for the server will just play some songs, or not songs, but well, they call it songs according to the to the uh, uh, server. But but we'll put shows in in 
you know, so it's not dead air. So a lot of times I show up and now and it's, I hear me, which is a treat for me because, you know, I could just listen to me. <laughs> I know. I'm such a jerk. Anyway, uh, or it's big picture science. But every now and then, it's the buzz. And the buzz is a lot more pro-paranormal than big picture science and dimland radio. It's, I mean, way more. Because we're not pro-paranormal at all. It's, there's no evidence to it. It's a lot of anecdotes and a lot of bad evidence, but just nothing really good. Anyway, they had a guest on, apparently. I was, when, I, when I tuned in, this replayed, repeated show, uh, they were they just wrapped up intervie interviewing a, a psychic. Someone they had on and would do some readings, and I think she read the psychic, I think it was a she, uh, Red Pets would, would do that kind of thing. And one of the hosts had cats, and apparently she lives in a fairly rural area. And uh, I guess one of her, her, her cats had gone missing, and had been missing for a while. And she consulted the psychic about it. And the psychic played the odds. Cat's been gone for a while. You know, because you know there's diseases, parasites, poisonings, other animals, cruel people, traps, uh, traffic, and that kind of things that can happen to cats out there since the psychic knows these things. Uh, whether they realize they know these things or not, they're playing the odds and saying, yeah, it's, yeah, it's probably not going to see your, see your cat again and your cat might be dead. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I don't have to be psychic to tell them that. Anyway, so that's, they were, the, the, uh, the, the two hosts were reviewing that interview they had done. And uh, the gal who owned the, the cat that had gone missing had said, yeah, I, I suppose I, I'll have to accept that, you know, it's, it's, probably, it's probably not alive, certainly not coming back. Um, and, well, we find out that this is the fourth cat that has gone missing from her, prop from her home that she lets out. The fourth one. Now, when I told my wife about that, my wife said, Would somebody please tell that woman to stop feeding the, uh, her cats to the coyotes? Because that's what the... The host was say, was thinking was going on. Yeah, we got coyotes in the area, and uh, maybe that's fine. Then stop feeding your cats to the coyotes, lady. Leave your cats indoors. So I already hit on some of the other reasons why not to put the cat out. You know, uh, cruel people. There are people that might not like cats and will do stuff to them. Uh, there or there might be people that really do like cats and take them in. You know, our cat is a stray that got taken in by my in-laws. So there's a family out there, quite possibly, that let their cat out, and the cat never came home, and now we own it. And she stays, she stays here. She stays in our house. I think she would go outside if we let her. I have a feeling she'd do that. My older brother had a cat once that would not step out of the house. You'd open the door and say, go on, go on out there. And it would just stand there looking at it, nope, not going out. Not for me. Uh, let's see. They can get hit by cars. They can get caught in traps that are meant for other animals. And if you happen, if your pet happens not to be uh, fixed, spayed or neutered, remember when Bob Barker used to say at the end of Price is Right, every time get your dogs and cats spayed and neutered. Uh, you know, if you're, 
if your cat's not fixed and meets another cat that's not fixed, that's you know that's the opposite sex. You, you could or somebody else could end up with a litter of kitties. So these are these are reasons. There's another reason why cats are really going after the uh, local populations of birds and other rodents. Something to the tune of I wrote the numbers down. It's it's astounding. Oh, now my writing is so small. Um, 3.7 billion birds annually and 20.7 billion small mammal small mammals annually. So that's mice, rats, and voles and moles and that kind of thing. But they, you know, birders are not too happy with people that let their cats out. I have one other thing to put on there. We have a closed-in porch, screen windows, and so we can let our cat out on the porch. And she does like hanging out on the porch. She's out there right now. Now, sometimes it's go on the porch, you know, wait by the door, so we have to open the door to let her on the porch. You let her on the porch. Sometimes she comes right back in. After, well, she waits until you sit down and get comfortable again, and then she comes right back in. And when it's hot like it is now, or it's going to be this weekend, oh, it's going to be horrible. Uh, with the air conditioning on, you got to get up and close the door. You got to get, you can't, because the cat won't close the door behind her. And I, you know, we're not going to put a cat access door for, you know, flap thing on the door because it doesn't make sense in Minnesota. They let all the cold air in when it's winter, please. And she's not going to, she doesn't go out on the porch when it's winter. But anyway, so she's hanging out on the porch the other day. And I was out at uh, work or something. And, Amy and Hayden are home, and Hayden's in the bathroom, you know, doing bathroom stuff. And Amy's out on the couch, and all of a sudden, there's a hell of a racket out on the porch. And it turns out that one of the, we've got about three neighbors that let their cats out. So not only do at least one of those cats, does at least one of those cats, get under the shrubs in the backyard and likes to take its piss and shit back there. <laughs> Love that. No, one of these cats uh, discovered that we had a cat on the porch and really wanted to get at her. So the two of them are, you know, luckily we had the glass down on the screen door. Luckily we had the glass down. Uh, but that, uh, that neighborhood cat tore the shit out of our screen on our porch door. Thanks a lot, cat owner. Thanks a lot. Now i got to replace that. It's a damn good thing we had the glass down, otherwise that cat would have probably gotten in onto the porch, and I'd hate to figure out what the hell Amy would have to try to do to get those animals apart from each other. Leave your cats in the house, please. Just make sure that they're entertained. Have them little toys, play with them, make sure that they're, just, they're not bored. But you don't have to let them outside, okay? Just don't. And now... I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I shall return after this.
Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z Talk Radio. On the go and missing another one of your favorite Z Talk shows? Now you don't have to. Simply go to the Google Play Store on your Android phone and download the Z Talk Radio app. The best part is, it's absolutely free. That's Z Talk Radio. Only found in your Google Play Store on your Android phone. Downloaded today. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Dr. Dim might even have a guest or two. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network network you're listening to z talk radio network Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Okay, got that arg out of the way. It really does bother me when I see cats out there. Um, it does. I mean, there's one of the neighborhood cats that's allowed out that's really nice. It's, his name is Cheddar. And he'll come right up to you. You know, uh, Amy and Hayden encountered it, encountered him. Uh, a couple few a few months ago, and and the owner came around looking for the cat, and, it's, and they were they were kind of petting it and uh, petting him. I shouldn't call it it because I know it's a male. And um, the you know the owner said, "Well, that's Cheddar, and Cheddar's really friendly, and so it's kind of nice, but still." But anyway, oh, and 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 relating to the the documentary series uh, that Charles Barkley. Uh, has uh, has uh, put together. Uh, when you watch stuff like that, don't ever forget that the producers of these documentaries and and sometimes when you see the interviews of the the man on the street, you know the there's some conservative fellow who goes out and talks to college kids and and asks them you know who won the Civil War. Well, first of all, if you'd asked me, I'd say you mean the American Civil War. Because there, there have been other civil wars, and I do believe there's one, at least one going on right now in Syria. Anyway, yeah, and and the jaywalking thing with the the, the Tonight Show, where Jane Leno would have people go out, he'd go out and he'd ask people what would be simple questions, and he wouldn't know the answers to them. Remember, all these deals have uh, the producers of these. Uh, uh, vid- videos and documentaries and such, they all have the power of editing. So they can make it look like it's whatever they want it to look like. If you watch Making a Murderer, uh, the Netflix documentary series, which is really good, 
But uh, I've learned some stuff since watching that series that the uh, the documentarians really wanted to make it look like uh, the the guy that was accused of murder didn't do it. But when you hear evidence that they left out of the documentary, you really come to the conclusion that he did it. <laughs> so if they can make it do whatever. You remember a couple of years ago when um, this viral video went around the internets of a, of a young woman, fairly attractive, but uh, not a not a not a model type, but you know, like a like a like a regular fairly attractive woman. No, not fairly. She was very attractive. And she's walking through the streets of New York City for 10 hours. She has somebody walking in front of her that has a hidden camera that's trained on her with a microphone so it can pick up what people are saying. And they just walked around New York City for, for 10 hours. And they put out this video, which I think lasts maybe like 10 minutes or something like that. And they show all sorts of men uh paying attention to her. Uh, some might say they're all assaulting her. Is this what counts as a, an assault when somebody says hello? Does that count as an assault? Is that a, <laughs> uh, I don't know. But that's it ranged from that. Hello to a fellow actually walking alongside of her trying to get her to acknowledge him. See, now she was walking where she just was walking. She was determined. She, she had a look on her face, not the smile. She wasn't, uh, she wasn't uh, acknowledging anybody around her. She's just walking. She's like she's going to get somewhere. She's determined to get somewhere. And she's you know, staying at the same pace, and she's not acknowledging anybody. She's not saying hello back or anything like that. She's just walking along, and she's, not getting, she's avoiding catching eye contact with anybody as she walks. And one of these guys comes right up to her and just walks alongside of her and he says, why don't you smile for me? Why don't you talk to me? Why don't you give me something? You know, and you had people saying, hey, smile. I shouldn't say people. Men saying, not that men aren't people, but they were men. They were all men. And you, so you remember that? That video? Of course you do. Uh, there's the thing, and I talked about this on, this on this very show when that video had come out. And I said, you know, 10 hours of footage. I'll bet you a dollar, uh, or just a gentleman's, uh, just well, a gentleman's, a gentle person's bet that um, that you could probably, you know, time out all those segments in that the video that they released, the one that went viral. Time out all the segments. How long it takes for a guy to say, you know, you know, how, each cut. How long each cut is. Time them, time everyone out, and and you go through the ten hours, and you find. Cut for cut, you know the, the 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 exact amount of time, and you splice it together. You get the exact amount, the same length of video, showing her walking through the city where absolutely no one says a word to her. I bet you you could do it. You could go in and edit that video to make it seem like there's not a single person paying any attention to her whatsoever, and say, see. New York is uncaring, and, and, and uh, you could say it that way. Or you could say, see, you're safe. Nobody bothers you. Nobody's, you know, they just, we're just going about our business. I wondered, and I thought more about this today, I wondered if it was possible. It might not be. I don't know. But I wonder if it would be possible to, to do a similar task where it's, it, it's, it's only women saying hello to her. 
I'm not sure that could be done because there seems to be a little difference uh, between uh, the genders, uh, sexes, whichever is the proper way to put it. But I don't know. It'd be interesting to see that. Maybe you could, I, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you couldn't. But I also wouldn't be surprised if you could. You know? I'm a little... I want it both ways, don't I? <laughs> but, so don't forget, when you watch that, that, that the editing is there. It changes things. Uh, they can, if they have an agenda, you know, which I think just about everybody does, has some kind of a narrative that whether they are cognizant of it or not, that's why we as skeptics have to be try to try to be careful about how we view things and are we looking through this through uh, a, a narrative that just puts a, a, a bad look on everything uh, or, you know, looks at it as, uh, as a negative or do we have a positive worldview so we put it an extra positive spin on something? Is it... How do we, you know, we, we need to be cognizant of our po uh, political biases. Uh, I agree with this column because, and I find this column to be intelligently written and wonderfully done because uh, the person who wrote it uh, is agreeing with me. And I find this one to be stupid and moronic because they're not agreeing with me. So it's, that's something we, everybody should be cognizant of. And then, and you should search for viewpoints where you disagree uh, with the viewpoint and because it can it's not only can it maybe change your mind you might hear an argument or, or some evidence presented to you that you hadn't known about and you might change your mind and change your position or it might help you uh, the other thing I'd heard other people talk about saying that it can, might hone your own thinking you know why do I think this way what why do I think I'm right in this take on this little bit and why do I think that person's wrong? And kind of make it a little, uh, a little more uh, sharp in your opinions, and and not just uh, knee jerk. You know, get a little thought out in your opinions. So who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I'm not. You know, I'm no expert. And as far as the Richard Spencer guy goes, I'm no psychologist. I, you know, I'm a lay person looking at him, thinking, what's going on there? Is he putting people on? I wonder if a psychologist could watch that and think, well. <laughs> No, he's probably on the level. Probably is on the level. We should take him at face value, right? Take him at his word. Until we get reason for not to, taking him at his word. Uh, let's see. Uh, I had something interesting happen last week. I just uh, had uh, got Hayden on the bus. You know, we wait. We would wait on the corner for a school bus each morning, even though I probably really don't have to. He's old enough to handle it himself. But, you know, I just kind of like to do it. And uh, the bus was trying to make the turn on the, the corner that he picks you know, Hayden up. And Hayden's the only kid he gets picked up at that corner. But there was a car that was heading along uh, going east on the cross street. And there's a stop sign for that cross street. So the, the, the bus is on the part of the street that goes east-west. Oh, no, no, that goes north-south. That, that There's no stop sign there. So there's a young fella driving the car. And I guess there was another young fellow in there in the car as well and they're kind of in the way of the bus and they're maneuvering trying to get away and the bus driver ends up just kind of waving the guy through he says you're clear just go through the intersection and then I can get around so so the kid was hung up for a little bit but you know, they were both hung up for a little bit but then they finally get to proceed and then I cross the street heading in the same direction that the young fellow driving the car was heading in and a few seconds later I hear a, just a huge crash just the sound of vehicles smashing into each other at a pretty good rate of speed. 
not you know super fast but probably 30 miles an hour and I look up and I see a white van that's up on a corner and I and a, a neighbor somebody calls out the window to me because he can't see what happened but he heard it he says is it bad and I said it sounded bad well it turned out that that kid had uh, gone through another stop this the next intersection had a stop sign where the cross traffic doesn't have to stop but because it was in the morning and the, it's heading east the sun is probably right in his eyes didn't notice there was a stop sign there so he gets tagged and I thought wow I, you know, I'm glad the kid was okay. He was okay. The other driver was okay. The the, the passenger in the in the kid's car was okay. Uh, everybody was okay. I'm glad that was all right. But I thought I just looked at that person, and just seconds later, they're in a car accident. I just thought that was kind of a, you know, coincidence. Yes, yes, it was a coincidence. But it was kind of, it was unusual. Uh, apparently, uh, a neighbor told me that uh, the kid's mom showed up. The kid that was driving the car, his mom showed up and told the kid and his friend to leave. And she, when the police got there, she said she was driving. So I wonder if there was an insurance issue or something. Uh, I blog for Warehouse Fine, which is the official blog for Nostalgia Zone, which is the comic book store in Minneapolis that I do some work for. And this week I blogged about a performer from the 70s, which was kind of a weird decade. You know, every decade has its weirdness, but the 70s really had its weirdness. And this performer, his name was Rod Hull. And he performed with an emu. An emu is kind of like an ostrich. It's an Australian version of an ostrich. And it's not a real emu. It was a puppet. And it was made to look like, like you know, Rod Hull is carrying. He's got his right arm around the body of this uh, emu. But he's actually working the head and the neck. And, and, and it was, he had pretty much just one joke with that routine. And that was to have the, the, have the emu which was its name, Emu, attack people. He'd be interviewed on, on talk shows and he would and the emu would attack the the, the host. And he, and and Hull is acting like he's trying to stop him, but he can't. And he, he presents himself as though he's some kind of animal expert and he's got this emu and he's introducing the people and they they play it and people thought it was hilarious. And it really kind of is. But it's man, he's out there with the violence. I mean he really goes after these people and there was an appearance, and the reason I blogged about it, there was an appearance where he was on the Johnny Carson show, the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, in 1983. So this guy managed to m milk this along in a career with essentially one joke. Although Hull did say that he became to resent the emu and he wanted to do other things, but you know that's what was demanded of him. You've got to play this character. You've got to do this. And so he, you know, he... Anyway, he shows up on Carson's show, and there's an article that I linked to in the um, in the, uh, the blog that I did, and I'll link to the blog in the show notes. Um, there's an it, it, that gives a kind of a backstage uh, story about what had happened there, because I think the person who had written it was uh, uh, worked with this Rod Hull or somehow affiliated with him, and before the show, and Johnny didn't rehearse the bit; he didn't want to. And it's, surely he knew what was going to be happening. Cause this guy had been around since the, you know, this 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 character had been uh, uh, made popular in the United States on the you know the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle show in 1974. That's where I first in, saw him, and he'd been around. So I'm sure Johnny knew what was going to be happening. But before the show went on, 
the produce the production staff just kept saying to this hull says you got to go easy and don't go, go easy don't go too rough on Johnny you go easy on Johnny oh, oh and don't and don't go after Richard Pryor which was going to be uh, another guest on the show don't go after Richard Pryor leave him alone well Hull knows that the comedy is in <laughs> in really going after these people it's not a mild attack and a lot of salt because quite often when he would do this the people that he would go after he and the and the emu and 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 the victim would all end up on the floor <laughs> getting you know knocked around he'd knock over chairs he'd knock them down it's just it, it was incredible what he would do and he did this to johnny and he got johnny face down on his desk he does it to richard pryor he's got richard pryor lying on his back on the couch and the two and johnny and richard are just laughing their asses off at it and it, so either they're really putting on a, a good show to play along, or they <laughs> they were having uh, a, a good time with it. Uh, let me tell you, the 70s was a weird, weird decade. And when I was researching Rod Hull, uh, I found out something that, um, uh, well, he, how he had, well, in, in March of 1999, when Hull was uh, 63 years old, he was uh, at home somewhere in England, I guess. I mean, he was, he was born in England, but he started working in television in Australia and then you know, then became world famous when he got this character with this emu thing. Uh, he was at home, I believe in England, watching a soccer match, and he wanted to get a better, better reception, so he got up on the roof of his house to readjust the antenna, which is something that I guess he did regularly, according to the Wikipedia article I read. He was something that he just did all, all the time. But th in March of twenty, of March of nineteen ninety-nine, when he went up on the roof, he lost his balance, and he fell through the roof of his greenhouse, and he suffered very severe head injuries, and was dead on arrival when he got to the hospital. That's how he died, and he was only sixty-three for a soccer game. I mean, if it was baseball, I'd understand. Good night, Herr Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Made it to the end of another show. Who, who knew I could do it? Well, some people might have, maybe. Anyway, be skeptical. It's, and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Diffit Simmons, and I'm reminding every one of you, each and every one of you, to sleep with the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Bonjour, Monsieur Dim. You are too clever for us naughty people. Well, I'm going to hell. <laughs>